0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 395 my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue our discussion of the classic military sci-fi series stargate sg1 you know this is one of these years i don't feel the post super bowl hangover and i don't mean hangover from drinking too much just kind of the football yeah and yeah on the other hand as my wife Pointed out last night, it's nice to watch a game without the nervousness that we feel when it's the Ravens. Of course I think we'd both opt for the nail biting.
1: I, I would I will take the nervousness, yes. But <laughs> yeah. uh but you're right. You can just enjoy the game for itself and not have any kind of emotional investment except for maybe you might loathe a you know <laughs> a person playing for the other team or something like that. But uh yeah. Now, you know, it's funny. I don't generally
0: watch the commercials and, and I know that's heresy, although I generally then go the next day online and find out what are the ones that you got to see. Uh, but this year, because my wife was in the room, not really paying attention to the games, but she was like, well, let me know when the commercials come on. So mm-hmm. I saw most <laughs> of them. Um, I've definitely got a favorite. Do you?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Okay. So my favorite was the one with Beavis and ButtHead oh. when they were on top of the mountain and they said crack and then the, the rest of the commercial was just them laughing. <laughs> um, I, I I was a huge Beavis and ButtHead fan back in the '90s. So uh, when they started laughing and they just laughed and laughed, I was I was dying. I was I was crying. I was laughing so hard.
0: Yeah, now I, I did like that, and interestingly, that's one of the ones that in several of the articles that I read about the commercials, that was one of the ones. You know, if you going hit or miss, they called that one a miss, but uh, that is Pat- inaccurate. I mean, Patrick Stewart for crying out loud! Come on, yeah, and and uh, but for me, the one I loved above all else was the one with Will Ferrell and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the electric cars.
1: Yeah, that was good.
0: And what I didn't realize, and I stumbled across it online, is that Audi of Norway produced a commercial in response to that, and it's the guy, you know, the redheaded guy in Game of Thrones that was, you know, in love with, had a crush on, God, I can't think of her name, you know, the, the, the female warrior that had short blonde hair, I can't think of her name, she, she was in love with Jamie oh yeah 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 yeah. um but do you remember the red-headed guy that would you know no. oh well you would but anyway he it's, it's <laughs> him it, yeah but, and he okay. stops along the road he's driving and there's a globe with a big hole punched out of it and he picks it up and it's <laughs> it's just really funny not as good as well Farrell, but
1: still right oh yeah, yeah 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 uh yeah uh right uh Tor- 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 or something
0: i think yeah whatever but anyway yeah so- he's one of
1: the wildlings yes <laughs>
0: yes yes so uh, that was pretty cool but uh uh anyway uh, if you guys want to contact us episode feedback tell us your favorite super bowl commercials if you in fact watch the super bowl sci-fi tv rewatch gmail.com send us an audio clip if you want to do your feedback that way as an attachment um so I'm still watching Scott and Bailey, that, that U.K. Uh, police procedural that, that I mentioned last time, but I don't know if you did. I you know I sent you the you know, the message. I did check out the first episode of "Be Foreigners." Mm-hmm. and I'm assuming since I didn't hear anything from you one way or the other, you didn't watch it yet. No I, yeah, I, I did. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. okay? So without going into yeah. any detail,
1: well, did you like it? Yeah, I mean, obviously the concept is is awesome, um, and I think even in that that first episode, you know, you kind of, I mean, it's like it's it's classic because you have so many questions and they answer questions and then they bring up more questions, you know, like so there's there's, you know, it just, uh, you know, and, and I I cared about the the characters. I immediately liked the the two mains, you know, like the 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 woman who is uh, you know had been zapped into the future from the Norse era, and then the uh, police officer. Now, the only thing that confused me for a little bit, and well, and well, there was two things actually. The one is the subtitles after there's there's an opening scene, and then the subtitles say, you know, a few years later. But it you know it took me a while to wrap it around that it has to be almost 20 years later because of the the things that have happened to the police officer uh, from the information we pick up about his life. But it, it, it was very disorienting for me for a little bit because the subtitles just said like a few years later. So I was expecting like, you know, two or three and uh, that was not the case. Um, One thing is I feel like there's some things that like when um, he, he uh, like the the people from the 19th century. I feel like if we spoke Norwegian, that we would understand. These people were speaking some type of inflated language, or version of as as we would probably see from a person from the 19th century getting transported to the 20th century in America or England or someone that really spoke English. So I think there's probably some things that even though they literally translate, you know, through the subtitles, I've I felt like. Uh, there was some aspects of the show that were literally lost in translation uh, because they didn't speak Norwegian. Okay. All right.
0: Cool. Well, let's let's leave that there, and you and I can talk uh, off air. Um, so
1: what are you watching? I, I, I kind of uh, hinted at this last week. So I got all the original Star Trek movies for Christmas. I got, like, a box set with all of them. So, I've been going through the the Star Wars movies. So, I actually just last night fished. In order, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll probably watch the new ones when we get to the end of it and everything because there are some things that correlate kind of between them. Um, Some things that I didn't really get from as I watched the new ones because it had been so long since I'd seen the older ones. So, I, I, you know, it's funny because watching this, you know, there's just all these things I'm thinking. Obviously, um, it reminds me of how much I love Star Trek. I I I shouldn't put that in the past tense. I should say love. But Star Trek was my first sci-fi as a kid. And it was obviously reruns. I was watching the show. It stopped before I was born. But, you know, back in the days we only had, you know, four or five channels. Like, you know, Star Trek was on a lot. And uh, so just you know, watching uh, these characters again and remembering how much I liked them, all of them. Thinking about, and I kind of looked up like their ages, just trying to think how old are they? Because, you know, probably, you know, like when they made the first movie, uh, William Shatner was about my age, you know, so that I am now. So it's just kind of trippy thinking about things like that. And then I thought about things like, you know, when I went to see uh, the first Star Trek movie, the motion picture, I was seven years old. Um, I remember I, I liked it, but I didn't necessarily understand it. So kind of going back to see it again was pretty cool. Rathacon, I, I saw that. I think I was in maybe like sixth grade, I think. Um, and like the first three I saw at the movie theater, I, th- I think. Actually, no, I think I just saw the first one at the movie theater. And then like I saw two, three, and four on VHS. You know, when they came out and then five and six, I never saw until like one day when I was like 24, one of my friends just declared that we were just going to binge all the Star Trek movies in one day and we were just going to sit around on couches and watch them all. Uh, You know, I hardly remember anything about five and six. Uh, So it just kind of like, you know, brought me through that, that whole you know journey uh you know from being a kid and really into sci-fi and fantasy and then kind of getting older and getting into high school and maybe not uh not not caring about it quite so much and then kind of refinding all of those things later it was uh it was wild so yeah so i got through the uh the original with the original cast and uh, now i have i think the four uh next generation movies to watch you've got uh, something to look forward to for sure yeah absolutely
0: all right well let's get to stargate sg1 episode 17 of season one titled solitudes written by brad wright directed by martin wood who as it turns out will end up directing 47 episodes of sg1 which is roughly a quarter of them all Uh, he also directed for andromeda he was the sanctuary showrunner although at that time i think they just called it the executive producer he directed for stargate atlantis this one aired February 6th, 1998. Now, a couple of things I want to go back to for last week. I referred to Colonel Mayborn as a human nemesis when I should have said Earthborn nemesis, because I think what we've realized right. is that all these different planets, they are humans yes. just transported by the Gauld. And then I'll call you
1: out on that, or did you
0: just No, 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 no. I, I thought okay. about it as I was editing. Gotcha. And and the other one, I called him Deke Shepard when it should have been Deke Shaw from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Deke Shepard, I think, was one of the original seven astronauts and, and, of course, Deke Shaw. And that came up in conversation because, you know, he's from the future and then he comes back to what is his past and he's like, okay well I know all this stuff I can invent it and make money and you know that was always that, that was a <laughs> good uh, part of the storyline for a while in agents of shield but uh, just wanted to bring those up so we've got these cool parallel storylines Teal and unconscious Daniel on earth Carter and an unconscious O'Neill on what we initially assume is some unknown some, ice world
1: right, right.
0: and y- you know once we we kind of get the idea that they are on earth then it's like you almost can't help but think okay is this going to be one of these time jumps is, is this yeah earth in the next ice age and while it's not it it, it kind of is and it's funny because you know we, we talk about how the the internet and online activity controls our lives and and, you know it just it looks at everything we do online and and I I just was on YouTube checking out my subscriptions which are mostly independent musicians and a couple of tech reviewers when this thing pops up that you know I sent you the the link for it and it's a video that's talking about (laughs) scientists have discovered that Antarctica I forget however million years ago was actually a fertile uh, area with trees right. and vegetation and probably animals. I don't remember if the art of, if the video said that and I'm thinking like, Oh my God, how prescient <laughs> that we're doing yeah. this episode. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? Because then we go back to if in fact the writers were aware of this, which I don't know if that study had been done in 98 or, you know, it, we didn't research it th- that far guys. Uh, Maybe they just got lucky. But are we to assume, then, that this gate in Antarctica was placed there millions of years ago?
1: Well, yeah, because, I, I mean, I, I guess Teal says it, how, you know, the gold didn't build the Stargate system. They just use it, right? So that there was, you know, whoever, this this proto-people who, who built it, uh, obviously that happened— A really long time ago, because gold have been around for you know a long time as well. I mean, they you know they had spaceships in the time of ancient Egypt. So, um, so obviously they are a very very old civilization. Right, and this civilization is even older. Um, And when you sent me that, because I actually I literally wrote in my my uh, notes, you know what kind of a dumbass. Would build a Stargate in Antarctica. And then, you know, you said not to watch that until after I had watched the episode. So I, I, you know, I did. And then I watched the video you sent. I'm like, oh, well, there you go. Exactly. Because when they built it, it wasn't, you know, Antarctica wasn't like it is now. So, um, so yeah, I, I you know, even as I wrote that though in my notes I'm like, you know, I'm I'm sure I I feel like I'm thinking back to earth science sometime in my past where, you know, a teacher told us how Antarctica at one point had actual life on it or something like that, like vegetation and stuff, but uh you know, I again I put zero effort into uh into researching that at all. Yeah,
0: but again, I, I think just that that video. Maybe I'll link it on the uh, Facebook group. So
1: it was you know, cool. Just, I, yeah. I almost went, I, yeah, I watched the first one and the second one. I almost watched a couple more, but I had work to do. So yeah, okay.
0: But <laughs> but clearly, it's a pretty big plot point now that we've got a second gate on Earth, and I don't think we're supposed to make the jump that there are a bunch of other worlds out there that have multiple gates because that's probably not true i mean we know that this workforce that the gold has been transporting to distant planets around the universe originated on earth so it makes sense that they would need a second gate on earth after the ice age wiped out their first one still the problem that they have now can okay, we get that i guess the explanation is that the gate was hit by gunfire or whatever weapons fire at the point where sg1 was going through and that's what caused the overload and i'm thinking it seems like about half the time they're escaping yeah. through the gate right. avoiding <laughs> weapons fire and it's never yeah. happened before and yeah. and i would say well wayne would just say there you go they're you know descendants of the star troopers or or, or the uh of the
1: stormtroopers of the
0: stormtroopers
1: right. right So they're just a very poor marksmanship
0: but still cool plot point and the other thing that that really stands out to me in this episode is carter and the way her confidence kind of flags at the beginning, and, and Jack, despite I don't want to say near death, because when the rescue team gets in there, oh yeah, he's fine. Ah, he's just bleeding internally, concussion, broken. leg. Yeah, he's
1: fine. Don't. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, like they're pretty quick to assess, and he seemed like he was really, really, really not near, fine. Yeah, yeah, near near death. Yeah. I mean, and like they're just like ah, he's okay. But I mean, obviously. And I hate when it's so painfully obvious that they just didn't have enough time to deal with this one plot point that twice I think Tiolk tells it to Sam, I believe or someone says, Oh, he's he's fine. You know, and then General Hammond repeats it, he's you know, he's fine. And it's like okay, you spent most of the episode showing how not fine he was how close to death he is and then all of a sudden the resolution is like you know and we've seen this before in the show where just the you know the 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 resolution comes late in the game and and they don't have time for a proper denouement there
0: yeah and and even though the resolution here comes as you said really towards the end of the episode it, it doesn't really feel forced. You know, once Jackson makes that connection between, you know, the gate rumbling and, hey, can we track seismic activity around the world? And Hammond's like, well, hell, yes, we can. And and of course they can. I mean, you know, even in 1998, they had that technology. So all right. of that was believable. And, and, you know, it comes to a, a very quick conclusion. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say we're led to believe he's near death as he's lying there in samantha's arms talking to his ex-wife sarah and, and sam tells him it's okay you can sleep now which we yeah. know is a not so subtle code for it's okay for us to lie yeah. down and die let go right you know so on, on the one hand it's a very moving scene <laughs> on the other hand it's like okay i guess they use that miracle medicine
1: yeah they right, got from right, the, right.
0: was it the Knox? I guess they got it from. Maybe, yeah, I, I don't but, know whoever, but, but, uh, but yeah. But obviously, the storyline breaks down in, into Carter and O'Neill and their quest to survive and return home, and then uh, Daniel Jackson and Teal and the rest of the. The stargate command trying to figure out what the hell happened and l- let's go out and find them but he, i mean i i guess and fred even mentions this in his feedback i mean the episode really examines the relationship between carter and o'neill professionally and personally though not really romantically even though we get that great exchange when he yeah. regains consciousness and finds her you know snuggled next to him i think her arms around him and he's I, I think he says something you know not that i would complain in ordinary circumstances but uh and then and then she says colonel he goes it's my sidearm i swear it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just awesome and then her yeah. reaction it's just you know so there's nothing really sexual there but yeah. but but there is this this interchange between the two of them and you know that line that they both utter I'm sure you could argue it's a trope, but for me, it never gets old. It's been an honor to serve with you. And they both say it. We've heard it innumerable times in mm-hmm. military shows when things are going to hell and it, it doesn't look good for our characters. But uh, I just, it, it just, for me, it's still really a moving piece of dialogue.
1: Yeah, it, it is, uh, for sure. And, and there, there's. And that—that's the thing, I guess. That is, I mean, I'm not going to complain. It—it it, it was slightly undermined by the quick ending of Jack's okay and everything, because we are really concerned. And of course, I'm, you and I are not concerned because we know that this show goes on for ten seasons. So obviously, you know, Jack O'Neill is not going to snuff it in you know episode seventeen of season one. But I imagine, you know, at, if I were watching it back in in '98. I might have a little bit of concern that they were going to kill him off here, you know? I had no idea what the future of Stargate was or would be. Um so I would probably have some legitimate emotional involvement here thinking that Jack could 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 really could uh die in this episode. Um it certainly does seem like they at a point. So uh you know and and yeah, you're right that 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 really that interchange, uh, and I think really two you know awesome actors delivering those lines and 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 uh, showing the you know the emotional toll of of what's going on here and the human toll.
0: Yeah, and you know I know it it provides a sense of realism, but you know the the darkness of their environment. I, I think I'm not sure if I feel like it it inhibited my you know emotional attachment or you know just just kind of added to it you know we don't really get to see their facial expressions as much as maybe we would like but but that's okay i mean we understand the environment they they find themselves in and that story he tells her about the time in the middle east when he was on a black ops mission and you know basically knew that i'm being left for dead because that's the mission so if i'm going to get out i got to do it on my own and again he he senses the fact that she feels out of her depth which i just find fascinating because that's so not samantha carter now granted she regains it and all it says to me is that captain samantha carter is human.
1: Right, and that's yeah. okay.
0: Nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, no. Not at all. Not you know, at all. but
0: but here's this dying man and I think we we don't have to belabor the point. I think we all know he he is dying uh and yet he is the one that that buoys her spirit too. You know, again that that little scene when she's splinting his leg and he's yeah, again we don't really see him Ever exhibit that much reaction to pain, and, mm-hmm. and I guess you could argue, well, he hasn't been hurt this badly before. Well, he was killed once, but you know, I guess, yeah, I, well, there's that, you know. And, and then her using again that classic line, well, I'm not that kind of doctor, and as, as we've joked many times, it's like, what you don't have a medical degree, also,
1: right? <laughs> but I, yeah, I, well, broken bones hurts like a mother, though. So, oh, no mean, kidding. Yeah, I mean, I'm with them there. Like i I was like, oh, yeah, right. But
0: you know, I, the, the whole idea of this episode on, on both ends, uh, you know, back at Stargate Command and here in in this cavern in Antarctica, both she and Jackson come to the same conclusions, basically. And somebody might say, well, that's kind of convenient. Well, yes and no. I mean, these are people that have been working together for however long. They're they're gaining an understanding of the Stargate network. And everything Samantha posits, I mean, we understand. and, And certainly it seems logical. So she and Jack just have to hope that Daniel is thinking the same thing, which, of course, he is. And like you said, we know... None of these people are going to die in this episode. Right. And, and you know, in this case, Jack, uh, Carter, and O'Neill. The question is how are they going to get them back home if they get them back home? Because, I mean, we know how intricate the Stargate network is. So it's also mm-hmm. possible that, all right, maybe she's going to fix the gate and get them at least somewhere more hospitable. Warm. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh-huh. and that maybe they'll keep them apart. But again, we've talked many times over the course of the podcast that you can't keep your core group separated for too long. Now, granted, this is only one episode, but, but you know, that possibility is there. And, and, and I think sure. that's what keeps our interest, figuring out how much they're going to uh, do to get them home.
1: Well, also, you know, it's like, it just seems like such a, a daunting task, right? I mean- as you said, like the the, there's so many parts of the, you know there's so many stargates out there in the universe, like they could be anywhere. But you know, um, you know, Daniel does a good job of of looking at it in a scientific, logical manner. You know, and and ultimately, it's I, I almost and again from Star Trek and and from Sherlock Holmes that. Once you you know eliminate the impossible, then then you know what is left must be the truth, right? And uh, I believe that's from Star Trek V, um, as as well as numerous. Uh, actually, I don't know if Sherlock Holmes actually ever said that, but that's um, Occam's so, Razor, isn't it? Says a lot. Uh, no, Occam's Razor is the um, the the simplest explanation is most likely. Okay, but they're also. I mean, but it's it's still kind of the same thing. I mean, let's break it down, like. You know what is the most likely thing to happen? You know, like if we know they went through with us, so we were heading in the same direction until the very end. They 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 can't have gone far, right? Which is kind of Daniel's theory, right? Uh, and, and he's he's right.
0: You know, and, and in fact, when Carter is talking to O'Neill about it, and, and she does the math and realizes what well, could take ten years until you know you know they find us and of course jack's not happy with that and and then ironically i think too much she tells him yeah. and again it's just to me it, it's just so classic because that's what you do i mean she's the thinker of the team i mean not that jackson isn't i mean jackson's a thinker as well just i don't even know if it's fair to say not at her level He he's jack jackson's gaining more of my uh, appreciation
1: yeah yeah he's 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 becoming less the guy who says the completely obvious thing every episode to and, and, and i mean this one he really came through and and was the you know the main uh he's pretty much the big hero of of the episode
0: right once she finds the dhd and and they start chipping away at it and and again not to belabor the point O'Neill starts coughing blood as sam dials home and of course she she fails but but we see that it at least works and i'm making air quotes it works enough that you know she finally figures out about the uh, um you know just resetting it and again then we go back to stargate command and as jackson has figured out, you know, well, what happens? He looks at Teal'c, he goes, well, what happens when you dial your own number? Oh, wrong person to ask. What happens? (laughs) (laughs) That
1: was very funny.
0: Yeah, that that was great.
1: He he really, Michael Shanks did deliver that line, like, in perfectly, uh, you know, straight-faced fashion, and uh, it was really, really good.
0: Yeah, and his character is is just, I, I don't know, maybe he's becoming more comfortable in his own skin as a member of this military team, because even though Teok is not a member of the United States Air Force, he is, and I'm making air quotes again, he is military to to a certain degree. Right. So, you know, Jackson's kind of the outsider in, in that regard. But again, you know, it's like here when General Hammond says he's calling off the search. And how many times have we seen General Hammond give a directive and Jackson's like no you can't do that I don't want to say he's usually right because he isn't usually right I mean right. here he is right and yeah. you, you know we're, we're this close I mean it's only been a couple of days he says so you know how can we really give up and then of course conveniently they f- figure out the uh the idea about the seismic issue and they can Certainly
1: pinpoint well, that, uh, exactly. Yeah, I think the part of it is that Daniel doesn't, like, he doesn't give up. Right. A, you know, like, they stop searching, but he is still thinking, you know, where where could they be? What could, you know, and, and then when serendipity happens, then, you know, he, he's able to, to piece it all together. Um, I think part of it is, you know, just we, we've seen him on a number of times as the, you know, the the dissenting opinion, I guess. You know the one who says no, who who looks for some other way besides the military way to solve a problem, and so you know he's not afraid to to face down uh, General Hammond or to disagree with him. But you know, obviously, we also know that Hammond is a you know he he's in charge of human beings and that he has more than one life under his command. And you know if when you know when the the guy comes back and from falling off a ledge in what you know hammond is now seen as a fruitless they search all the places that um you know daniel said they could possibly be you know it's he just doesn't want to lose any more lives to this despite obviously he he you know doesn't want to hang jack out to dry but he also doesn't want to sacrifice any more of his men
0: yeah you know and and the other thing as Jackson's star rises, and 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 certainly Carter's has kind of just always been very high, I don't know if it's fair to say Teal just kind of moves into the shadows even more. I mean, he does play a role here, but again, it's always minimal. It, it's always, well, yes, the, the gold would do this if this happened. Okay, great. So we've got that piece of information, and now we don't need Teal'c anymore. So it's starting to bother me. I guess is what I'm getting
1: at. Yeah. Well, every I, I guarantee you, next episode will be he'll have a more prominent part. It seems like every time we complain about it, like the next. Obviously, mean, not that. I mean, the, the episodes are already made, so I'm not suggesting we are influencing it. I'm just saying it just seems like you know, by the time it gets to the point where we're like it's really noticeable. I guess the you know, showrunners realized it was noticeable as well. And they created an episode that Teal is, you know, featured in more prominently because yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's really, uh, kind of sucky that, well, especially being really the only person of color in the cast. And, you know, he, he, he was always, as you said, pushed off to the side and, and, uh, you know, is just has these bit parts, very few lines. It's not great.
0: Yeah, and we can only use the excuse that he's new to the team for so long. I mean, hell, we're 17 episodes in. We're not sure exactly how much time has elapsed in Stargate world, but I would think it's got to be at least a year, maybe more. So then it gets us to the ultimate question. Now that they've got the second gate, what do they do with it? Are they going to leave it in Antarctica? That seems highly improbable i mean general hammond has ordered it guarded for now obviously don't want the russians to find it for god's sake but uh or what the norwegians do? or the norwegians <laughs> what do we do with it uh i mean i would certainly and i don't remember uh, i would certainly think they're going to move it i mean why would you not you move the one they found
1: in egypt right right so why yeah. would you not especially move this if that one? should happen again right you don't <laughs> you risk your team freezing to death uh, right. should this happen again yeah
0: yeah and then i've mentioned I, I saw both seasons of stargate universe i only seen the pilot of stargate atlantis and i don't even remember so i'm i'm wondering now well is there another gate that's underwater <laughs> i have to go back I, now i'm kind of motivated to check right, out right. stargate atlantis a little bit and, and see what you know, I guess I could go on to Wikipedia and find out the answer to that question. But
1: um, anyway. more uh, fun to go back and watch it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, anything else you want to bring up about this episode?
1: Well, j- so you had mentioned before. So first of all, I was so annoyed with myself when I finally, I mean, it, it dawned on me that they were on Earth way late. Uh, and it wasn't until Daniel said, you know, there's like one place we haven't looked and i'm like oh they're on earth i'm like oh i should have figured that a lot earlier i'm like darn it (laughs) um but but then i I thought okay well i mean i i actually never thought that they were going to go with the time travel angle just because it had was so far into the episode by this point that for them you know they're gonna obviously resolve it in 42 minutes you know I, I i didn't think that they were gonna introduce a time but I, I thought it was funny if they did have that time tra- time travel angle that you know you know plan b would be for you know uh sam to climb out of the cave and try to make a go for it without jack and uh you know if she if she crawls out of the cave and she just sees the the top of the Statue of Liberty, you know,
0: right.
1: <laughs> sticking out of the ice. Well,
0: and, and, and of course. Say, Damn you. Right. And and you can't help but think about Planet of the Apes in that regard. And, and see, once, and like you, I came to that realization late as well. And I would have been okay with the time travel storyline because we know that they would figure out some way to bring them back to their own time. And whether or not they ever actually figured out how to travel through time is is, is another question, but I'm, I'm certainly okay with the uh, the the way they do
1: it here. All right, anything else? Uh, yeah. So the the sound when when Sam is trying to get the uh, the Stargate started, and it kind of starts up and then doesn't, kind of reminds me. And it might be very similar to the sound. That the uh, Millennium Falcon made in Empire Strikes Back when they were trying to get the hyperdrive to work. So I don't know if they used the same sound effect there or not. Oh, well, my brother-in-law actually spent like half a year at McMurdo. Oh, wow. He, yeah, he works for NASA and uh, he, he does like communications stuff there. So he was down there doing communications, and it was it's kind of wild uh, to hear about what life is is like there for for the people cuz obviously you know no one stays there year round or anything um but uh it's it's pretty cool like they would have apparently a fair fair amount of uh, drinking goes on for the scientists there down there and uh you know i guess a, a, a bunch of people bring instruments down there and so they have a lot of uh impromptu band sessions and things like that so Oh, nice yeah right. yeah it's pretty cool right hopefully you never saw going. a uh, he never saw a penguin, though. He was... Oh, okay. So, all right. Is that it? Uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, just, oh, okay. also one more thing. Okay. See, <laughs> um, so, Sam you know, basically says, I'm just going to like restart it and uh, see if it works then, which is basically what when our Wi-Fi drops, I just unplug it and plug it back in, and then it magically works again. So, everyone thinks I'm like some kind of tech genius, because I know how to do that. So, I, I know how to fix the Wi-Fi, so...
2: Yeah, I think that might be it.
0: Okay, cool. All right,
2: we
1: well, let's hear what
0: Fred's got for us this week, and we will be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Stargate SG-1 Season 1, Episode 17. Whoa. You were talking last week about your snowblowers and snow, etc. Well... We have uh, quite a few inches of snow uh, this weekend. It's predicted that we eventually get three to six inches of snow. And that's actually f- for the very first time since 2012 that we have so much snow and that all the snow trucks, city snow trucks, have to disperse salt on the streets, etc. And they are going to get these trucks out of their storages. And actually, there is a big problem because normally this salt on the highways will be dispersed by the cars that are driving over it. And now, because of COVID and less traffic, they think that it will be slippery, etc. much longer than normally, just because the cars don't drive the salt into the road and disperse it. We have a special kind of so-called open asphalt on our roads. This open asphalt is used because it has a much better drainage of water when it's heavily raining. So your aquaplaning is much less. This is a kind of cover of our roads that also needs that the salt is being driven into the road surface. And you really can see the climate change here. Because when I was young, so in the 60s, 70s, we had every winter in some weeks uh, this amount of snow or even more. And with this snowy setting at the moment, this episode, episode 17 of the first season of Stargate SG-1 really fits with the very cold Antarctica setting. Although Sam and Jack didn't know that they were on Earth really nice twist with the second gate on earth and actually it sounds quite logical if you take the model of a lightning that branches off it really fits a very good interpersonal setting with sam and jack there i found it a little strange they kept calling each other captain and sir etc Only when Jack almost dies, he once says, Sam. And on the other hand, that made a, well, more heavy impression than when he calls her all the time, Captain. And then when he once says, Sam, it means that it's different and it's heavier. So on one hand, I found it strange. On the other hand, how they used it was not that bad after all okay good episode a minus greetings all the best Fred from the Netherlands okay. um, you know what what look
0: there are many uh, things that uh, I know both of us love about ha- having gotten to know Fred and and you know certainly the other uh, members of the Facebook group and people that have sent in email but you know a- a- as Fred sends us something every week and we you know, communicate via Facebook Messenger. We've met him uh, and all of that. To hear what it's like in another country is just so fascinating. And we've learned so much about, you know, not only the Netherlands, you know, Fred's home country, but but Europe as well. So the day-to-day details of snow uh, is interesting. <laughs> and I guess, again, I have to get out my map and figure out what uh, latitude the Netherlands actually is because he kind of is implying that, you know, three three to six inches is I don't he, he didn't act like it was a lot, but didn't act like it was a little either. So I'm, yeah, I'm so I'm,
1: you, you know what's actually um I I did a, a pub quiz once and the, like the question was which of these cities is the furthest south in uh I guess is that latitude, I guess? Mm-hmm. The choices was like like Rotterdam, Germany, uh, uh, some place in in France, um, and like Toronto, and the answer was Toronto. Wow. <laughs> it was the furthest south. Um, I was like that. That freaked me out. So uh, yeah, I think a, a fair amount of uh, of Europe is is definitely further north than, than we are.
0: Now you know the other thing Fred brings up is the interpersonal setting between Jack. I just, and- I just,
1: I just I just I just gotta say I know Rotterdam's not. It's in Denmark, not Germany. I just really, I don't want to sound like a complete idiot after everyone just said what an idiot. Uh, oh, I <laughs> there was were- some place. I think Rotterdam was one of them. Uh, there was also a place in Germany. There was some place in France, and then Toronto, and uh, Toronto was so. I, don't know. I just figured I would better say that now, before – you know, to, to try and heal the wound I just created by sounding like a complete idiot. Okay. Well, see, I just thought you
0: were going Rotterdam, comma, Germany. And then of course, right, right. you, no, you no. mentioned cities just... and Germany's not a city. I know that. All right. Yeah, anyway, um, Fred brings up the, the Jack and Sam relationship as they're trying to, you know, figure out how to get back home. And he mentions the fact that they, are referring to each other by their military rank throughout a lot of the episode. And then it kind of reverts to Jack and Sam. And I just know from my notes, I don't know how you are. I find myself going back and forth all the time. You know, why did I call them O'Neill and Carter here and Jack and yeah. Sam here? And there's no real rhyme nor reason, but I think here, I, I just,
1: well, O'Neill, cause you have to uh, like, put the, 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 apostrophe in there so i just tend to refer to him as jack exactly because o'neill is a bigger (laughs) pain in the ass to type
0: exactly (laughs) but here i feel like they find themselves stranded in this cave on a world whose you know location they have no idea and that we have to get into our military head if we're going to get out of here, so we're going to refer to each other as Captain Carter, Colonel O'Neill, and and that you know as they get closer to the realization that this may be it, we're going to die here, then it becomes more casual, more personal rather than the military rank. So so I didn't necessarily find anything wrong with that, and, and I know Fred didn't f- kind of come out and say that he thought it was wrong, just that he kind of noticed it. All right. Okay episode grade now fred gives it an a minus and after my first watch i felt this is a good episode but i'm going b after watching it a second time some other things really struck me and i, I was going b plus not sure i'm going a minus but you could talk me out of
1: it no I, I, B plus is, is solidly where I, I, I put this one for sure
0: Okay. All right. So, uh, I
1: mean, in my opinion, I should say, <laughs> not that I'm like some authority, where you know, but but yeah, I was thinking B plus on this one. Okay. All right. It was a very good, good episode. Um, again, if if but it, and again, I just because I don't want to overgrade, we gotta save A's for ones that really grab me, and uh, you know, I just think that I I, I have to admit, I grade them down because of the the end, just saying, oh, Jack's okay. You know, and that takes care of that plot point really neatly and quickly, right?
0: All right. Well, you know, the other thing I realized as I was updating the website is that we're getting pretty close to the end of this season yeah. and, you know, that that time in our podcasting career where we've got to figure out, all right, what the hell are we doing next? So, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit uh, after we're off the air and, and, you know, you guys, like we always do, we'll... Let you know when we make a decision, and as you have probably come to realize, if you look up procrastinate in the dictionary, you'll find our picture right there. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, we'll it was just, we
1: found like this, Stargate was like a really good procrastination because we, you know, we got, we've got you know, 22 weeks to, to put off making a decision for this one. Exactly. So. <clears throat> but now we're getting close to the, the point that we have to make a decision.
0: All right. Well, we will let you know when that decision gets made. But for now, that'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Stargate SG-1, anything else going on in your sci-fi world. If you want to touch base with us, the email address is sci-fi-tv-rewatch at gmail.com. Go to the website, sci fi tv if you want to check that out. We'll be back next week to talk about episode 18 of Stargate SG-1 titled Tin Man. But until then.
1: You know, dude, sometimes I, you know, I go back and, and listen to the podcast after we record. And yeah, I, 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 obviously, as I listen, I remember what we actually recorded, you know, and all the, the things that I thought were hilarious in my head, but doesn't quite come out that way. On, and I just think, I don't know why it won't work. It should work.